Hi, I'm Robert Marin, adults from Dragon Turtle Games, and you're listening to Morris's unofficial tabletop RPG talk. This week, Morris, Peter, and Jessica talk about in-character versus out-of-character role-playing. In the news, Dungeons & Dragons Honor Among Thieves Super Bowl trailer, Cobalt Press releases the Black Flag playtest, new releases for Vampire the Masquerade, Tales from the Loop, and more, plus a brand new lightning round of listener questions and a brand new sketch about the grammar of Star Wars names. This week on Morse's unofficial tabletop RPG Talk. Ooh, an ad for something I actually like. That's a turnout for the books. Burbaker Unlimited Moat Builders will provide your keep, castle, or hovel with a secure defensive system. Choose from their wide range of moat fillers, including lava, piranha schools, sharks, acid zombies, boiling tar, or water. How mundane. Anyway, buy one moat, get a free drawbridge while stocks last. I think I'll get one myself. Maybe it'll stop those horrible kids throwing eggs at my laboratory. All the tabletop role-playing news We aim to amuse and we aim to enthuse And Morris is unofficial tabletop RPG Hello, 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 and welcome to Morris's unofficial tabletop RPG talk. I am Russ, a.k.a. Morris, or Morris, a.k.a. Russ, and with me this week is... Peter Coffey from the Southampton Guild of Roleplayers of Russ, as ever. I am delighted, delighted, I say, to be here, and joining us again as we march onwards with our ongoing attempt to just keep this podcast going despite all good sense. It's the one, it's the only, it is the lady who rules the finances of EM Publishing with an iron fist. It's... It's me, Jessica from EM Publishing. Did you say I rule the finances with an iron fist? I'm not sure where to go with that one. I do manage manage the budgets and stuff, so... I suppose that counts, I I am. I am the annoying person at the company that when, you know, some of the creative team has an idea and they need more money, they have to come to me and be like, so I've got this idea for this, and I'm like, oh, I don't know, let me check the coffers. Let so, me check the spreadsheet. The let me magic check spreadsheet. the magic spreadsheet. We need the magic spreadsheet so that we have money in the bank account. We've discussed yes. this. Mm. And this is an excellent example of what my job is at EM Publishing. I have a load of excitable creative people. Mm. And I'm like, that is great. However, we do exist in the confines of capitalism. So we do need to... <laughs> we need to be able to pay for this. <laughs> yes. Yeah. yeah. So anyway, anyway, for anyway. now... We got a listener question. We got some listener questions this week. Mm. We got three, in fact, listener questions this week. So awesome. I suggest we quick we don't fire. spend too long. We don't spend too long on each. No ten minute monologues. Let's try and get through them quick. So the first one came in. Five minute monologue. I am personally attacked. At this I think mm. like, I think ninety seconds. Let's say ninety seconds. Okay. I, what if the question needs more context and detail? Then it Tough. will remain unanswered. <laughs> <laughs> we'll have, okay. to, have to do a shoddy job. <laughs> ah, so. If there's anything this podcast stands for, it's doing a shoddy job, so <laughs> <Yeah>. that's fine. <laughs> okay. But every so week question so. number one came in by email from Chris, who would like to know, he hey, says, Chris. I love the pod, and listening to your cheery voices is something I look forward to every weekend. Which is rather lovely. Oh, that is nice. Oh, do we have cheery voices? I don't know. Do we I have do. cheery voices? I, I guess. I thought of myself as being a cheery sort of person. According to Chris, no. we do. Okay. Anyway, 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 anyway. A question for you all. Do you have tips for managing high-level play as a GM in games like A5E or D&D? 
I always find by level 10 or so, the players all have a level of system mastery that they can conjure up combinations of abilities, spells and effects that be quite bewildering. I quite often feel like I'm not keeping up with their abilities to work with the game system and so worry I'm not presenting enough of a challenge for their characters. Good question, that. That is a very like good that question. question. It no. is a good It question. might be worth more than 90 seconds to answer, just saying. Well, we're going to have to give it a go. So, who would like to go first? <laughs> I. Peter would like to go first. You can Peter, go first. You put your hand up. You put your I hand did. up. That means I you did. have to go first. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay, 90 seconds. Here we go. I'm timing you. Go. A, B, E. Always be escalating. The best advice I've ever seen is when your players are getting a bit too cocky and you're like, well, this is fun, but I need to be escalating somewhat. This is when you open up your monologue, which begins with, and then the fleet of mind flayers darkened the sky. Which, you know, in Advanced Fifth Edition, we'd say, and then the Kalkoi wasp high fleet arrived. I'm not that. too sure of the details yet, because I haven't really got around to looking at it, but it's that sort of thing. Um, just increase the scope of the adventure and raise those stakes. Uh, essentially, by level 10, you are pretty much done with the happy-go-lucky, wandering around the place, you know, you see a dragon, you slay a dragon, king's wings. No, no, you have to start getting, in my opinion, a bit cosmic and taking on something that's, like, seriously overpowered. There are, if you look at the encounter points, they have a lot. Just keep throwing stuff at them. Don't be afraid to double-stack some deadly encounters back-to-back. Players love that sort of thing. Okay. I, I stopped timing it, so I've got no idea how long that was, to be honest. Okay. But let's assume it was under 90 seconds, shall we? I will... I will admit, I've, I've actually... I'm limited advice from a GM perspective on this because I have not, as a GM, run a high-level play for that, that area. But from a player's perspective, I'm going to say, I don't expect you, as my GM, to know every single thing about every character's mechanics on the table with their character sheet. I do not expect you to know every everything my character does. That's my job to know that. And your job is to react to things I give you. So first of all, I'd say don't feel like you're behind because you don't have to know all the all the mechanics and all the the gumph on on your all, all your players character sheets that's the first thing i'd say the second thing is um high level play it can like combat and things like that you get so powerful it can become a bit easy so i'd say change the scenario to be more of like um a difficult choice or a moral dilemma to make the gameplay about deciding what do we do like maybe there's a situation where there's two options neither are great but what do we do like we know we can go here and save this town from burning but if we do that we know that this other place will fall into catastrophe because of this so just give them that situation be like this is the situation put them in a place where they it's not possible for them to do everything and they have to choose and make decisions and that becomes the interesting story opposed to you know other things so i'd say make the story you know difficult for the heroes in that way yeah, if like the no... Superman quandary, basically. Yes. Superman's so powerful that yeah. really a good story doesn't involve him punching a bigger and bigger alien. Yes. It involves some kind of social kind of um, dilemma or, you know. Exactly. So I'd say bring more of them into higher level play to make your characters feel more fleshed, you know, players fleshed out and interesting and feel challenged in that way. Yeah. I mean, for me, like, high, high level play is absolutely 100% more unpredictable than low level play. Of course. And even the very, very best GMs in the world, you know, will have this same exact problem. However, I think it can be mitigated slightly if you're willing and happy to improvise a lot. Especially what I do. Just make shit up. 
Um, if you can improvise a lot and just do a lot of stuff on the fly, you can pretty much react and kind of manage that quite a bit. Um, sometimes players will come out with an ability you had no idea they had, which completely nullifies what you had planned. Just go with it. Just say, yeah, fine. You can use your ability. That's why you chose it. It's fun to use. I'm not going to, I'm not going to nerf it just for the sake of the plot and just improvise something else. And yeah, it is, it's not super easy, but it is, it is hard to plan or harder to plan for a high level party than it is Mm -hmm. for a. So yeah, improvisation is required. But, well, that, that's what I'm saying with double always be escalating. If you've got those double stacked encounters, then players can pull all their best stuff, mm. and you still got something to go with because it might be yeah. that they could, like with the example of two towns burning. Mm. There's probably some sort of spell that will let you get from A to B and just yeah. just make a nuisance yourself. Or they might split the party, which has its own problems. But yeah, yeah, I hate it when they split the party. It makes it a lot more challenging from a time perspective. So, but you can do things with that. But that's a, that I feel that goes beyond the scope of this question. Anyway, yeah. We hope that split, answers your question, Chris. Yeah, that split the yeah. party dig from Russ was because in our campaign on Tuesday we split the party and went to two places. Yes. And but I was you managed to jump between two. I was having to jump between two groups every sort of thirty seconds or so. But you did that's a really good job of it. And if anybody would like to to witness that, if you look at Against the Dragon Lords season one episode six. That's a really good example of how to balance your time split between two groups. Yes. Ooh. Okay, next question from Lee Williams. This is a quick one. So hey, Lee. Very, very super quick. Mm-hmm. What is your preferred size for a physical RPG book when GMing? The larger A4 US letter size or a smaller digest size book? Well, for me, it's A1 without a doubt. I always go A1. The bigger, the better. What about, what about you guys? A1. Okay. A1. It's like a Go on. Okay. <laughs> I mean, you're, you're always saying you don't need a GM screen, Russ. So I'd like to see your A1 rulebook and how that isn't a GM screen. <laughs> it's considerably larger than GM screen, I think. I, I mean, it's, you said you need like, a new yeah. desk. So there you go. Desktop sized. Yeah. 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 What about you guys? Like? It depends what we're doing. There mm-hmm. is a certain very satisfying heft to your proper, like, A4, slightly larger sized um, GM book. But for lighter systems, I prefer lighter rule books. So I quite like the digest size as well. I'd like a, just a cheat sheet reference, normally just like a page or something, just to, to dog my memory on certain things. So like I have this notebook on my desk where I have done that for some games. And, you know, you, you can't see on the podcast. So this is a great way, you know, to segue in. But I've written just the basic, um, what are the conflict rules and things like that in there really clearly like that. So that's just okay. everything that's written like out a, there on one page. That- that's like a paperback-sized notebook. That one is, sort of. yeah. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, so just a small... But I'd like it on one page. I want a one-page thing mm. to refer back to. Um, yeah. Unless I'm doing online, because then I just use a PDF and then I just search. And that's probably, for me, the best way to, to mm. look up rules mm. is with the PDF or using like a tool site or something like mm. that. Yeah. Okay. Control find. Yes. Okay, that's that question. That is that question answered. And finally, we have from Benjamin Rogers. Spiral-bound books are really useful. They open and lay flat, unlike traditional hardbacks and paperbacks and lots of reference books and technical manuals use that format. Uh, blah, 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 blah. Why do you think more companies don't embrace that format? I know. Oh, yeah. Why? Maybe why, Jessica? Tell us, tell us why. It's a durability and long-lasting thing. So those kind of ring-binding things, you reach a certain size limit where it becomes kind of practical for them to to hold. And when you constantly open and close those ring-binded ones, over time the ring-bindings kind of fail and fall apart Mm. and cause lots of issues. 
Um, and the idea of role-playing game books is that it's something you will have for a long time. I know if mm. anyone's done like a, a PhD or like a dissertation and you've had it ring-bound like that, you might notice if you've it can get, you know, a bit tatty quite easily. And that's not necessarily something you're flipping through constantly all the time. It's more like a tome you have to be like, I achieved this. Um, but yeah, yeah, so it's a durability thing. If you have quite a small, thin one, I guess that could be easier. But if you're looking, from my point of view, if you're looking at something like this, something the size of the Adventurer's Guide, if we did that in yeah. a ring-binding format, that would yeah, that break down all, no. really quick. No, low-key battle maps use that for their big yeah. um, open-out uh, battle maps. And it's quite yeah. good for that sort of thing. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 I mean, for Loki, it's sort of okay because you're not constantly flipping back and forth. Mm-hmm. Also, there's two things. One, it's an ugly format. I mean, yeah, sure, it works, it's functional, but it's ugly. It doesn't look at all nice and doesn't feel nice to hold it either. Um, and second, storage, stacking, nightmare. Yes. Like, you, uh, yeah. I, I mean, if you've got... And also, things, you can't, you haven't got a spine, so you can't put it on the shelf and you can't see what it is. Oh, yeah, that's... Put, yeah, exactly. Like, um, yeah. it's just it's just a nightmare to store. So, yeah. and they, they, they just make it, it, it really affects the aesthetic. You don't feel like a storyteller when you're opening one up. You feel like a rules technician. And I guess, yeah, yeah. If your day job is a technician of some kind, which I know many of you listening, it will be. Nothing wrong with that. But that's not what you want to be doing in your hobby time. Yeah. Just saying. Well, I think we've definitely answered that one quite conclusively. Hmm. But if you wanted to have that, you could always just download the PDF and go yeah, to your local it. print shop yeah. and do that, I guess. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah. I mean, I mean if, if, you, if, you're, if, you're, if you're embracing it, absolutely. But I just don't feel that they would sell as well. And but, yeah. I don't, also, I don't yeah. see them being sold. Yeah, it's a durability thing as well, and also mm. perceived quality as well. Mm. Like, There's this weird thing when I had the board game cafe, where there is a higher perceived value for drinks that mm. are served in glass bottles than in cans. Even mm. though it's the exact same amount of liquid, it's the exact same product, there's mm. a just perception of value, so you can people right. are more understanding of your price point with that. And yeah. I think that might be the case with hardcover books compared to ring yeah, but, yeah. ones. Yeah. Mm. Okay, okay, that's it. Done the questions. Let's do that Woo. news. Hey! And with the news this week, we have some more Dungeons and Dragons Honor Among Thieves news creeping in because the film is what, just over a month away now, I think. Yes, and that's they, sh- the 31st. they showed it off at the Superb Owl. Yes, yes, that event in America where a, a truly superb owl mm-hmm. flies across the continent and everyone stands outside and marvels at it and goes, ooh, ah, and points. And yes. it's an amazing, it's an amazing event and it happens every year. And also the mm. superb owl shows commercials somehow. I'm not entirely sure how. Yes, ooh. I think it's projected on the large owl. Kind of magnificals. Yeah. yeah. But yeah. 113 million people observe the owl on its flight. <laughs> Um, and so that it many, must have been yeah. a big owl, yeah. It's that a is superb quite a superb owl. Yeah. It is. The name, um. That's why it's such a cultural phenomenon. Um, anyway, but yeah, so yeah, it was like it was a thirty-second ad, wasn't it? So yeah, trying to make it a bit um, mainstream. Yeah, so. yeah. There wasn't there wasn't much new stuff in the ad, but you know, it's it got seen by an awful lot of people. I think it's yeah. introducing it to an audience that perhaps haven't played Dungeons and Dragons, so that's the purpose of it. Yeah, like ornithologists, yeah. for example. Exactly. Who, yeah. Um, who would super about? It's interesting because, and I also see that they're they're leaning into that a little bit because in the uh, new poster that we we put up that's on the the New Digest in the corner it says no experience necessary. So mm. I think that's like a nice little 
kind of thing like you know you could this can be an introduction to the world because i think the marvel films introduced a lot of people to the comic books in that same way so yeah this will yeah. probably this will probably do that in there yeah uh, there's some miniatures coming with it as well oh really there's a uh, uh, a set of miniatures which has a, a bear owl would you say a it's a superb bear owl it's quite superb yeah it's no. not bad, actually. It's, it's a really super good. bear owl. <laughs> <laughs> there's, a, there's an intellect devourer, there's a mimic, and there is a, 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 a gelatinous cube. Intellect devourers, are those like little brains with legs? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and a displacer beast, sorry. Look, and a displacer beast. They look very yeah. cute, the little brains with legs. Um, They're pretty I'm not sure cute is the word I would use, but okay. I would, that's what I think. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's thirty nine ninety nine. You can get them on March the 15th from WizKids. So if you want those, because basically I think this film very much is going to lean into the iconic stuff that D&D mm-hmm. has that other fantasy things don't have. So it's not going to worry so much about orcs and it's not going to worry so much about giants and that sort of stuff. But it is yeah. going to lean really heavily into the sort of weird protective stuff, the weird the bear owls and the gelatinous cubes and stuff, which are, which are literally pure, well, mimics them. I feel mimics are I mean, if you're a big Terry Pratchett yeah. fan... Then mm. you're like, yeah, mimic luggage. Yeah, I'm here yeah, for yeah. it. Yeah. I know who I'm rooting for. But the other mm. ones are definitely pure D and D, aren't they? Yeah, sure. Yeah, I think so. The gelatinous cube. What I like about it in this set, though, is that you can put your. It's got space for you to put your miniature in. Yeah. So if you could use it on a battle map and have it inside, which is just like, yeah, that's nice. How that's it's kind nice. of fun. Yeah. And they're pre-painted minis, which is always sure. more yeah. for me because I, I just haven't got into the world of painting. Maybe I should. No, I'm too busy. Bother. I won't. Um, <laughs> quickly dismiss that. Give me something to do on Zoom calls. Anyway. Give me something to do on Zoom calls. Yeah. Well. So there is a quarterly earnings report by Hasbro. Yes. Where they report to their shareholders and investors and stuff. Oh, yeah. Uh, and news, alongside... Um, well, interesting news. Yeah. So Chris Cox, yes. currently the CEO of Hasbro, used to run Wizards of the Coast before he got promoted to CEO of Hasbro. Mm-hmm. Um, he said that the OGL controversy that we've had over the last couple of months mm-hmm. had a comparatively minor impact on D&D's revenue due to D&D Beyond, D&D Beyond subscription cancellations. Mm. So while, what I think what he's basically saying is that while that was quite a loud thing that happened, pub- mm. um, sort of publicity-wise, he's saying that financially it didn't have that much effect. Um I can't really comment on the truth or not of that, obviously, because I don't have access to those figures. But he is reporting to investors, so to misleading investors would probably be quite a serious thing to do. So I, I, I'm I inclined mean, to it, think it's, it's probably true. It's one one week or like like two weeks or so forth of people complaining and cancelling. Yeah, I mean, even with the best yeah. in the world, that's not going to be a huge blip in the ocean. No, you are right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And so even though the I think D&D... there's room for the, it to be true that it's not had a huge effect upon the profits. The revenues. And yeah. also to be the sort of thing where they're like, we really should pay attention because we do not wish this trend to continue. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. I also, agree. Also, and this might be me being confused, mm. but this no. was the quarterly earnings for Q4 of 2022. 2022. Mm-hmm. the end of 2022. The OGL mm-hmm. drama didn't kick off until January of this year. So surely uh, that OGL financial impact wouldn't have been reported to the shareholders at that meeting. They might uh, have been asking about it, but yeah. I guess next, the, the Q1 Quarter. 2023 yeah. will be, have the answer yeah. to that. Yeah, that's um, answer, yeah. yeah I, 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 can, I can tell you. Um, but, when was it? it actually took place on February the 16th. 
Yeah, yeah but they that? were reporting for Yesterday. Q4 2022. Yeah, yeah, no, you're right, yeah. But one yeah. thing I noticed is somebody did ask them directly about it, and mm. I love this quote. Um, so they said, was there any sort of financial impact to that in the first quarter? I think that, I guess the controversy is kind of behind us at this point. Sure. Hmm. <laughs> yeah. Oh, so, sorry, listeners. Yeah, that was my laughing. favorite. It sounds like a complete lunacy, but I'm just watching the faces on this uh, channel. Here. Well, yeah. you know what, though? <laughs> I, I kind of, I've been kind of thinking about this, and I think they, you know, the worst of it for them mm. is over. I think they've navigated yes. out of it yeah. and come out of it nowhere nearly as badly as they could have done. Yeah, yeah. I think that's true. They have pulled it back because it was Yeah. Dead. Very bad yeah. for them. So I, I think probably they are right. You know, the worst of it is over. Yes. You know, the controversy is yeah. kind of over, for, for at least from from a from that point of view. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe it's just me holding a bit of animosity, on animosity yeah. as a small yeah. business. Because last month was just like a lot for third party content creators. Yeah, it was. Like it we was. we had a meeting at one point, and I was like, "Can we? What are we going to do? Can we keep operating? What are we going to do did. with all these product lines?" And all, and the answer is yes, we can. We're fine. It's okay. And we'll have more to say about that probably coming up next. But yeah, for me, I kind of, I don't like the, oh, it's done now, let's move on. Because I'm like, but that still happened. And like, mm. you came up and punched me in the face. And I'd like, yeah. I still, I don't want to just forget that, you know? <laughs> <laughs> I get yeah, yeah. that you've apologised and you said you're not going to punch me in the face again. And that's great. But you still did punch me in the face. Anyway. Well. Creators are not stupid. We can well, all have a look. I wouldn't say that about that. myself, Peter. But no, but it's like you know, um, I I know my own personal stance on it, and um, I think there's a exciting bit of news. Can we can we talk about that? Um, it depends on, on the website. What the bit of news is. <laughs> uh, there's, a, there's a fair bit of Ian publishing news, like in publishing resources, for example. Oh well, I've been I've been working hard on something. Yeah, you, you so. have. It's really impressive. So we've made A5ESRD.com. Yes. Which has been up for a few weeks now. Yes. Mm-hmm. But I've been adding resources to that. So that obviously is going to hold, it holds the 5ESRD. Yeah. It holds SRDs to a bunch of other systems as well. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, it holds the Level Up Advanced Fifth Edition SRD. Mm-hmm. And it holds the various licenses. So OGL mm. and Creative Commons at the moment. Maybe yeah. Orc as well, when and if that right. comes out. But we haven't seen that yet. But what I've done is I've put resources on there so that people can use this site, a5esrd.com, as a one-stop shop. Yeah. If, even if they're not doing anything to do with Level Up. Yes. Mm-hmm. Even if you're not interested in Level Up, yeah. if you just want to make stuff for 5e, you yeah. can still go to that website. 5e SRD is on there, both the OGL and the Creative Commons formats yeah. of it. The, um, and also there are pages on there which tell you exactly how to use the OGL mm-hmm. and how to use Creative Commons step yeah. by step, exactly what you need to do, what you need to put where, what bit of text you need to put where, you know, just telling you exactly how to do it. Yeah. These have gone through Azura Law, who are our lawyers, yeah. um, based in Seattle. Um, they, they have looked it over. Um, so while we can't give people legal advice because we are not lawyers and we are most certainly not their lawyers, that those pages have been looked over by our lawyers. Yeah. I, um, I, I have to say, as a former educator, when I looked at them, I thought it was a really good example of plain English mm. and pretty pretty clear. Um, yeah. It made me feel that I could say, okay, well, this is what I need to do, declare this bits under Creative Commons, and other bits, like, say, artwork that I've had commissioned has mm. not Creative Commons. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Job done. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. So the idea, whole site, one stop shop. If you want to make yeah. stuff for 
vibey. Or if you want to make stuff for uh, level up. And also, as these other licenses appear, if you want to make stuff for Pathfinder and stuff like that, I'll add information for that there. So yeah. basically, it's not just about our stuff at all. It is going to be a, a resource which we're going to run every bit of it past our lawyers mm. and make sure there's good, solid, helpful information telling people exactly how to do these things and what yeah. these things mean. Explain what the different license terms mean. This, you know, there's this bit on the um, Creative Commons license which talks about warranties and liabilities and stuff. And you mm. look at that, and you go, "What on earth is that? What does that mean? Why have I got yeah. to put that on my on my product?" So I've explained exactly what that is and why yeah. you have to put it and what you have to say, you know, and that sort yeah. of thing. Um, it's a great community resource. Yes. Yeah. Thank you so much. Yeah. And hopefully it will grow and include more and more. And like I say, it's not just our stuff. It's not even just going to be 5e. It's going to be any open gaming stuff. We're going to have it there mm-hmm. with information on how to use it. Well, we've got like travelers yeah. linked on there and stuff yeah. as well. Like, so it's not just yeah, our I've systems gathered, and stuff. Yeah. yeah I've gathered together all the uh, SRTs that I could find. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I put those on there mm. along with the accompanying licenses. Yeah. So there's a few of those. So yeah, I'm I'm really proud of it. I think it's uh, it looks really good. I think it's yeah. great as well. I think it's a nice free community resource for third party yeah. content creators. So yeah. I hope people find it and use it. Really. Yeah. yeah. And also, if people do want to write stuff for our game, level up, mm-hmm. which I hope they do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Obviously, that's where you would go to do that as well, because that's where we are putting the system reference document for that game. Yeah. which is a big, big system reference document that's got all the feats and it's got all the archetypes mm. and it's got all it's got all of the stuff yes. in it. Yeah, all of the stuff is in it. We're currently yeah. going through, and well, I say we, Paul Hughes is leading that project with a team of yeah. crack shot people. Yes. <laughs> I was trying to find a fun way to say it and that's the best I have. Anyway. Some of our best nerds. Our best yeah. it, to be honest, yeah, yeah, that's we're like nerds assemble. We need to make an SRD, and the nerds yeah. did yeah. assemble. Yeah, which is great. We love the nerds. Um, but it's being it's as in real time. It's being updated on there as it's being written, so you can see what has and hasn't been done. But it's something yeah. we started recently in light of recent news. You may be aware of, so it's yeah. it's still coming along, but it will be on there. Shall we move on with some more news because there's some more five E news, and this is coming from Demiplane. Yes. Mm. So Demiplane um, is. Basically, D&D Beyond, but for everything except for D&D. Yeah. Pretty much. They've got Pathfinder on there. They've got um, Free Leagues. Um, Newton. Chaosium, basic role-playing yeah. system. They've they got, they got, they got a whole load of different things on there. Yeah. Um, so, so basically, one of, the, uh, found, cause one of the founders of D&D Beyond is yeah. involved with it. Hmm. And they're kind of bringing in, you know, contacting various publishers and, and creating sort of online tool suite platforms for their games. Exciting. So that's what they've been doing up till now. And they've also got Avatar on there and they've got, I think they're, they're doing, Mar- they might be doing the Marvel Loads game. Loads of Free sure. League stuff yeah. as well. Loads of Free League stuff, yeah. yeah. Um, so they have just announced that they are going to create a 5e one, but it's not an official D&D one. Mm. It is for third parties. So it's going to be a nexus of 5e... I mean, I'm not 100% clear how this is going to work in practice because it's, it's slightly vague. Mm. So basically, it's going to come out in various stages. So stage one is going to have group creation and group finding tools. So it's going to be like meet up for D&D, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, stage two will then add a Nexus enhanced rules from the Creative Commons licensed SRD. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So they're going to take that SRD, system reference documents that Wizards put out last month, mm-hmm. this month, last month, whenever it was, and they're going to put that one there in nicely formatted, hyperlink referenceable format. Yeah. Which is fine. Um, I mean, I think lots of 
people are doing that anyway. Mm-hmm. But um, so doing that, and also books from multiple independent publishers. Mm. I, I don't know which independent publishers. They haven't contacted us, so not us, but um, <laughs> some independent publishers, I guess. Um, I think Cobalt Press is involved with their Black Flag thing, perhaps, and yeah. stuff like that. I'm not 100 sure. And then uh, later, there'll be a character builder, character manager, digital character sheet, and stuff like that. Uh, and you'll be able to... It's gonna, they're just going to make it kind of like D&D Beyond, yeah. but for unofficial 5e stuff rather than D&D itself. Nice. As I understand it. I mean, it's quite flashy looking. When you go and look at their stuff, it's quite flashy looking. I haven't actually used it because none of the games that I'm currently playing are on there. Mm. But if if and when I am playing one of those games, I'll probably, I'll probably check it out, see how it works. Yeah. I would imagine if I find myself playing a free league game or if I find myself playing one of the other games or Pathfinder yeah. if I find myself in a Pathfinder game I'd probably give it a shot absolutely yeah right have we got any more news yes because oh. I've been talking a lot for the last half hour Let's I'll, someone else I'll talk. give you some news uh, kind of related okay. to system reference documents and licenses uh, so free Documents, league yes. have released their first drafts for the licenses for the year zero engine and for dragon bait oh yeah Thanks. so um they're doing this as a draft um they've got it on their site and you can go have a look on there and they're asking for feedback in their forums as well so this is very much hey this is what we think what do you think situation um, mm-hmm. But yeah, but pretty much the one, the free tabletop uh, license, the FTL, uh, which is for the Year Zero engine, it's it, it's really similar to the Creative Commons Attribution license. It gives you similar access to that. Um, so it's got like creatures, materials, uh, it, but it says you can't use their artwork or text or free league stuff, which like all seems fairly reasonable to me. Yeah. I've not read it in detail though, but they're taking feedback. Mm-hmm. And then the one for Dragonbane is a little bit more um, prohibitive. I think it's a lot longer because the mm. the free tabletop license is like a page and I think it's it's not. But I think the one for um, Dragonbane is a, is a lot more. But the idea about it is it's to allow third-party creators to make compatible material. Mm-hmm. So you can create kind of like a module based on it, um, yeah. but you can't directly reproduce those rules. So like how we did Level Up Advanced 5th Edition with 5e, that wouldn't mm. be something you could do with Dragonbane. Mm. Right, right. But both, okay. but both of the licenses are up there, so you can take a look at them and give feedback if you're interested, if you're a third-party creator wanting to create for them, or if you're somebody that enjoys those uh, buying third-party creator and stuff for hmm. those um, systems. Um, yeah. um, sticking with Free League, there's a bit more news because there is, you know, Tales from the Loop. Yes. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So they've made a UK set campaign oh. yeah. called okay. They Grow Up So Fast for Tales from the Loop. Mm-hmm. And it's set in the Norfolk Broads, mm, okay. and you get four adventures, which yeah. are like four consecutive seasons of the year. Mm-hmm. And there's like an there's an eventful camping trip, and then there's a big adventure that the kids involved go on. And there's like there's information about the Norfolk Broads, art maps, handouts, all sorts of stuff like that, which is kind of cool, kind of cool. Yeah, I mean, for those of us listening who are not familiar with the Norfolk Broads, which to be fair, pretty much counts me as well. Um, you're thinking flat, <laughs> you're thinking misty and foggy quite often, mm. and also there's like lots of like small canals and ditches running through it, so mm. that sort of place, and I guess giant yeah. robots? Yeah, well, especially like a big old network of rivers and lakes, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. So, mm. yeah, and it's off in um, Norfolk and down into mm. Suffolk, the, I think. The east of England. It's not, yeah. not, not a very heavily developed part of the country, yeah. in my opinion. Yeah. Oh. But yeah, but it's coming out in August, but you can pre-order it now. 
Yeah. That looks cool, right. though. Have, have you, either of you played Tales from the Loop? I have not. I have. I, I've played right. it as well. What did you think? Um, this was like several years ago. Okay. I don't know if we're playing it right. Um, okay. I, I like the art. I liked the flavour. Uh, but I feel I probably enjoyed the Amazon TV series a bit more. Oh yeah, the Amazon TV series was good. Yeah, that, that, name, I think yeah. that that was I think that sort of captured the emotional feel evoked yeah. by the artwork. Yeah, which yeah. is a huge draw for me for Tales yeah. from the Loop. One yeah. thing I say it does quite well is in the adventures because mm. you are playing like the kids doing stuff, and there's generally a reason why you can't just go tell adults about what's going on. And they mm. do mm. in the adventures give you good enough reasons why you wouldn't do that because you yeah. would think if you're a kid and freaky stuff starts happening and it all goes wrong you'd probably be like oh mum but like they're like well yeah. you can't do that for these reasons and you're like oh okay well I assume they get rid of mobile phones for a start the one I played was yeah set pre-mobile phones so that was yeah, yeah. yeah. I don't know if all of them are but um, but yeah, yeah they give you good enough reasons why you're like ET kids running around doing stuff without the parents mm. involved which is quite fun a little bit yeah. like kids on bikes or something mm-hmm. <laughs> So I've got some news about Transformers. Transformers. Robots in disguise. Well, the time is now for you to talk about that, Russ. <laughs> so the Transformers are a role-playing game out from a Renegade Game Studios and licensed from Hasbro. Um, has been out for a while. And there is a four-part campaign that's now been released called mm. The Time Is Now. Mm. So... Um, it's for second level characters and they've got to stop a nefarious scheme from the Decepticons. Gosh, that doesn't sound like Transformers at all. Who would have thought? (laughs) (laughs) The Autobot party will run up against iconic enemies like Soundwave, Soundwave and Mind Wipe as they face perils from the ancient past to outer space. There we go. That is that. It's coming out May 2023. Hardback. 45 of your Earth dollars. Okay. I haven't played the Transformers game or even seen it, but I do like Transformers, but I don't like Michael Bay Transformers. <laughs> okay, specific. I'm, I, <laughs> I'm not a huge Transformer person. It very much was not marketed to me as a child. So, um... oh, We had all the toys. Me and my brother had all the toys. I don't know what's happened to them all. I've, got, I've still got my Optimus Prime. Yeah. And I've got a Bumblebee. So I've got a couple of them, but most of them are gone. I, I, I love Jesse's... Uh-huh, uh-huh. I'm just going to... Not I'm, I'm aware of it, but it yeah. was yeah. Well, Autobots transform and roll out. It's my best Peter Cullen impression. It's not very good. Well, is it? That, <laughs> that was great. Um, but Renegade Almost doesn't get the job done, Starscream. <laughs> uh. Renegade Game Studios are not just bringing out um, Transformers, though. They also what else are they bringing out? Tell us. Other perils into the world. Vampire the Masquerade Fifth Edition source book. Ooh. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Wow. Out for pre-order, I believe. Yes. Is that correct? Says so that the player's yeah. guide. Wait, wait. Coming sorry. Out. Is this is this the Dungeons and Dragons fifth edition conversion? Is it fifth edition of Vampire the Masquerade, yes. or is it Vampire the Masquerade for fifth edition D and D? The mas- It's the fifth edition of Vampire the Masquerade. Sorry, <laughs> right, I should okay. have made that a little bit. Clearer. Sorry, sorry. Like uh, <laughs> it's not your fault. It's just like I, I've, be I've been caught news. out before. <laughs> that would yeah. be bigger news. Yeah. No. Wow. Um, yeah, yeah. No. So it's Vampire oh. the Masquerade. The yes. player's guide source book, um, yeah. and so it gives you new character options and guidance for making characters. Da, da, da. So it's very much yeah. still Vampire the Masquerade. So if you want this player's guide, that which is not a D and D five e book, just to be very clear, it's expected for June twenty twenty three. But you can pre order it 
for 50 yes. Earth dollars. Hashtag yes, family. Very exciting. Yeah. So that's kind of news. We're pretty much towards the end of the news. Do you want to do some Pathfinder comic book news? It's a bit bit off our track. Ooh, but not really. I, I think before we do that, we should uh, give a shout out to an exciting thing, which many people will have been anticipating, which mm. is a system that's gone under Creative Commons. Oh. Which one? Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I mean, so in some regard, it's a bit obscure, but I think it's got a lot to like about it. It's a uh, one that maybe some of you might have heard of. It's called a uh, What's Old Is New. No. Oh, yeah. <laughs> God, I've, like, the number of things that I do in any given week, I totally forget half of them. Yes, yes. I put out what sort of new core rules under Creative Commons this week. I think it was this week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it was or this maybe week. Was, yeah. I don't know when I did it. I don't know when I did it. I did it at some point anyway. Um, yes. Yeah. So it's under the OGL anyway. Has been for yeah. years, but it's now under also, Creative yeah. Commons. And we've got the uh, starter set is coming very, very soon. Yeah. Our brand new layout and art manager, that will be their very first task starting on Monday. Oh, uh, uh, there was a Kickstarter I saw which delighted me with its whimsy. I thought I would share it with you. Mm -hmm. Okay. It's called (laughs) Pigeons 11. Your pigeons, you do crime. (laughs) Okay. Oh my gosh. It's, it's got like yeah. 10 days left, but I I think I have nicely encapsulated it. It's one of my favourite sort of Kickstarters because I know what I'm I know what I'm letting myself in for. I'm gonna mm. be a pigeon. <laughs> I'm going to do an elaborate heist. It will at some point go wrong because I'm a pigeon. <laughs> yeah. Great. <laughs> and crimes will be committed. Fantastic. That sounds great. I might back that one. I know, right? That is very similar to one I backed this week as well. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. Called Drama Llamas. <gasps> you are a llama and yes. also a fame hungry reality TV contestant. <laughs> yes, correct. <laughs> that is the correct response. Peter is falling about laughing. Uh, yeah, it's fantastic. It's a really light rules narrative game. The artwork's yeah. beautiful. I actually interviewed. Um, Everest, the creator on Not D and D back in December, um, and it's on Kickstarter now. So if you want to hear more about it, if you're the Not D and D episode for Drama Llamas, uh, but yeah, I backed the Kickstarter. It's, it's just, it just seems great fun, you know. It's like yeah, yeah, be a llama, do reality TV, and it can be any reality TV you want. You could do RuPaul's Drag Race, you could do Gordon Ramsay's Kitchen Nightmares, uh, you could do just like literally anything, any reality TV situation. You could do. Love Island you, drama llamas, I guess. If you summon the drama, the llamas will appear. Yeah, and... Um, yeah, love it. Yeah, 10 out of okay. 10. I back that one. Oh. Are you seeing anything on the Kickstarters? I did notice Cubicle 7's next big one, Broken Weave is up. Oh, Broken Weave is up, is it? I'm not, I'm yeah, not so this is um, like 5e post-apocalyptic, gods are dead. Um, it's quite ah. dark. Mm. Like the world, yeah, it's, it's, it's a dark one. And... It's doing okay. It's um, it's got a week to go. It's done eighty one thousand euros. Wait, oh, because yeah. you're in Ireland, of course. Se- 70, yeah. 73,000 yeah. pounds. Yeah. Uh, what is it in dollars, Peter? It is uh, eighty two thousand dollars. <laughs> yeah. Of a okay. ten. Fa- oh no, sorry, eighty two thousand. That's euros. I'm reading off there. Yeah. I didn't pick them on. But yeah, yeah. So that's up. That's oh, opened uh, eighty thousand dollars. I reckon. Well, yeah. That looks really nice. Yeah. And there's an interesting one that's coming from Kibble's Compendium. I'm only saying this because of the word Kibble's. Kibble's yeah. Compendium of Legend... Legend? I cannot talk. Kibble's Compendium of... Oh, my 
88,000 in the Jessica. Kibbles. Kibbles. Kibbles Compendium of Legends and Legacies from Kibbles Tasty. Has a week to go. It's made a quarter of a million dollars and it's a 5e source book just with a whole bunch of stuff in it. Classes, subclasses, feats and spells. It's like 300 uh, pages. Just a whole yes. bunch of stuff for d As it's 5e. called Kibbles, yeah. does it have any pets mm. in it? Um, that is not a thing that I know offhand, but, but I assume it must have. Kibbles Tasty is a Redditor who has done like a whole pile of homebrew for 5th edition D&D mm-hmm. and has right. built up quite, quite the following there. Um, sure. including like a different version of the artificer from the one that eventually, uh, made it into a book. Yeah. So that, okay. that, that, that's what, that's why it's called Kibble's Tasty. Yeah. I see. All right. Sounds and with that, delicious. I think we probably are done with the news, I think. I think yeah, for yeah. this week, unless, wait, hang on, has, uh, Dungeons and Dragons oh. made an announcement whilst we've While we're recording, as they often do. Let me just double check, as they like to do. Um, yeah. Let me just check. They have not. No. They have not. No, they have well, not. Okay, great. Good, well, good, good. Normally, they like to yeah. keep it for like past 4 oh, p.m. GMT. There is another big bit of news. How on earth did I forget about this? What? The first public playtest for Cobalt Press's Black Flag. Yeah. RPG oh my gosh. Yeah, that was. Yeah. How on earth did how on earth did I, I even wrote an article about it? <laughs> no, so, no. so Black Flag, they announced. Pretty much during the height of the OGO controversy, although yeah. as I understand it, it had they had been working on it before then. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so this is being pitched as an open alternative to 5e. Yeah. So I, they released a, uh, a playtest document, the first playtest mm-hmm. packet. It's only 12 pages. Yeah. Character creation rules, and it's just kind of a, a sampling of them. So yeah, yeah. this is what's in there. Mm-hmm. So uh, we've got an introduction. Um, just summarizes character creation, defining 5e concepts at level hit dice. It makes it very clear that this is 5e. Yeah. It's pretty much the 5e character creation rules summarized. Yeah. But, um, but those aren't actually available under the Creative Commons SRD. Are they not in there? No. They've got oh, the character okay. stuff. They don't have the character yeah. creation rules. They don't have oh, the bits right, okay. that you need to make it work. Like, oh, if right, you know okay. how it works, it's fine, but... Yeah, no. cool. Okay. Please continue. Um, so, like many other games now, like Level Up Advanced 5e mm. and Ancestry and Culture, the best-selling um, mm. uh, source book on um, on Drive-Thru RPG, yeah. it's divided the 5e concept of race and sub-race mm. up into inherited and cultural elements, which is kind of how things are going these days. People are doing that. Uh, but it hasn't gone as far as Level Up does with it. No. It's, 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 gone, it's a halfway point, I feel, okay. like between... Mm. How 5e does it, how level up does it, they're kind of halfway between. Yeah, I, I, mean, I feel. Th- level up deals with, like, quote, sub races, unquote, or like the different sort of like variety within the species by mm. using heritage gifts, mm. uh, as opposed to like, you know, a, a quote, sub race, unquote, because. Yeah. We, yeah. Let, let's not talk about that. That is a, yeah. that is a t- so, topic of worms I have no wish to yeah. open this day. So what you get in here, you get That's, three, so they're using the, um, the, the terms lineage and heritage. Yes. This is, this is going to start getting confusing, these different companies. Yes. In. So, um, ancestry and culture used, uh, ancestry and culture, obviously. That's the name of the book. <laughs> Makes sense. Uh, Level yeah. Up used heritage and culture. Yeah. Black Flag is using lineage and heritage. So it's going to start getting confusing as different companies use different terms for these things, and some of those terms are reused in different ways. It, yeah. Is, is heritage actually analogous to culture? Because I don't feel that way, but I mean, that's. I mean, maybe. <laughs> I don't know. So they so they give you they give you the dwarf, the elf, and the human. Yes. Lineages. 
And each of those has two heritage traits you can choose from. So for the dwarf, you can choose between fire, forge, and stone. Elves, you can get cloud and grove. Humans, you can get nomadic and cosmopolitan. So you can choose any of those heritage for your lineage. So it is, they aren't attached to those, but they're, they're presented with those because they're the suggested it's, ones. Yeah, yeah, kind of. I, I, do, I do like the dichotomies. They are interesting. Um, yeah. I mean, like, the elves. It's like cloud yeah. elves are kind of like high elves. Grove elves are wood elves, pretty much. Yeah, yeah. But, I mean, they're not exactly the same, but pretty much. Yeah, I, I mean, personally, I would strive for something. Like, if, if I came across that, I would probably rewrite it pretty much instantaneously. It has, say, classical elves using a classical view of the world, as in, like, everything can be determined by mechanistic means, and romantic elves, as in the full raging against the storm of Byronic poets. But sure. anyway, that's just me. Please continue. Yeah. But bear in mind, their goal here is to remake D&D, I yeah, think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're, they're making an open D&D. They're not, they're not trying to... Do their own thing. You know, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So following that, they've got a couple of backgrounds. Uh, scholar and Soldier look fairly similar to 5e backgrounds. They give the mm. usual array of proficiencies and then you get a talent and a talent appears to pretty much be a feat you get magical ones martial ones and technical ones you get a talent from your background um you can substitute an ability score increase for a talent so yeah they're pretty much feats basically so that's basically it it's only 12 pages there's not an awful lot of it there yet yeah and um you know obviously there will be more coming as, as time goes on um it's just interesting how so this sort of like Mm. differentiation between like whether you call it a heritage and culture or whatever you call whatever two words you use to yeah. use those it's interesting now we've got three so far mm. 5e approaches to it mm-hmm. mm. and I have no doubt there will be more many more yeah. as the mm. months and years pass yeah. and it's interesting to see the the different the slightly different ways different people different companies approach it because mm. mm. they're not all the same yeah no no not at all I mean they, they have things in common but that is three distinct ways to approach it. I feel like uh, Black Flags is closer to ancestry and cultures yes. than it than Level Ups is. Hmm. Um, I think they're quite they are very similar, and Level Ups is the sort of slightly different one there. Yeah. But it's going to be interesting to see what they do in the long term. Yeah. I mean, Cobalt Press, you know, they've got a lot of clout. They're a, a, a decent sized company with a lot of resources and. Yeah, you know, they'll they'll make a splash with this, whatever happens. It, in my personal opinion, I think they need to go further with like separating out nature and nurture. Do you know what? I'm kind of happy that they're not though. Well, I mean, it gives us all from... our own niche, doesn't it? Yeah, it gives us all our own niche. Yeah. To, we're all doing different things, slightly different things, and it gives players the choice. Yeah, we don't want anyone doing the same thing because then you know it's what's the point? You know, yeah. The whole point of competition is that you end up with people improving on and doing different things. At least in theory. And also, anyway. if it's different enough, it becomes almost not competition because it's just a different option. Yeah. And I think they have actually separated the two out. Mm. Mm-hmm. Um, they've just done it in a different way to us. Yeah. I, I'll definitely have to give it a much closer look. Yeah. Yeah. No, they have definitely separated the two out. So basically, your mm. your 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 sub race, as it as 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 O five E would have called it. Yeah. Um, is pretty much a linked culture and it's learned stuff, mm-hmm. not, not, not biologically inherited stuff. Mm-hmm. Which is, uh, yeah. def- def- definitely sounds interesting and worth, uh, before having a look at. Yeah. I know I have been involved in extensive discussion about mm. concentration and its role. So, mm. in what's going on, concentration referring, of course, to the fifth edition mechanic where 
you concentrate on one spell, and mm. then if you get whacked with a thing, then you may lose your concentration on that spell, yeah. which will cause it to fizzle. But there, there are, there are, there's, there, there, there are, there are some thoughts flying around there. Anyway, anyway, are we done with the news now? Are we done? Are we done? Yeah. Are we done? I think done? so. I yes. think we are done now. Oh, no, there was another little bit of news, actually. Owen Casey Stevens. Did you see that? No. Ah, right. Okay. So, um, Owen Casey Stevens, he's been on our show before. Um, yeah. He's co-creator of the Star Wars Saga role-playing game. He did Starfinder, designed mm-hmm. for Paizo. He's worked for Green Ronin. Um, he's the owner of uh, Rogue Genius Games. Like... A very, very, very sort of prolific and skillful. prolific industry veteran. Yeah, uh, has been involved in all sorts of stuff. Has been hospitalised. Oh no! Now, I don't know the exact details. He posted online: currently hospitalised, can't manage without supplemental oxygen. When you rule out heart attack, wow, are there scary options left? Still no positive diagnosis. I may be here all week. We don't really know much more than that at this stage but I just wanted to say oh. I really hope I really hope he's okay yeah. I really hope he gets better and you know, I hope they're able yeah. to narrow it down and yeah. get a treatment because it sounds like at the moment he's just unwell and they're not sure why yeah I like Owen a lot and he's, he's, he's you know everybody likes Owen he's, uh, yeah. he's, a, he's a really nice popular person and um, very amiable yeah um, so yeah just best wishes to Owen I really hope that whatever whatever um, he is suffering from gets better yeah. and uh, the people at the hospital are able to help him yeah oh Okay, now we're approaching Tatooine, so we should be careful. This planet is controlled by Jabba the Hutt, a notorious gangster. Oh, that's sad. I mean, indeed, to live under the heel of a spy-smuggling cartel is no easy life. No, 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 I meant it's sad for Jabba. Sad for Jabba? He's a vicious criminal mastermind. Well, yeah, but to be the only one left of his entire species, it must be so lonely. Um, what, what do you mean, the only one left? Yeah. The Hutts control a sizable portion of this sector of the galaxy. Even the Empire treads carefully around here. Well then, why is he called the Hut? Well, because he is a Hut, of course. Exactly. He's a Hut, not the Hut. The Hut implies the singular. He can't exactly call himself Jabba a Hut, can he? Well, there's Dengo the Deadly and Fraggot the Noxious. True, true, but deadly... And noxious are adjectives. Heart is a noun. There's a grammatical discrepancy in your comparison. Look, does it really matter? You know, yeah, I'm certainly not going to tell Jabba, you know, what he is and what he is not allowed to call himself. It's just a matter of verisimilitude. Listen, Jabba doesn't give two fracks about your verisimilitude. You try telling him he has to call himself Jabba Ahut, and he'll feed you to his pet one core. Or worse, throw you in the Sarlacc pit. I mean... I get the Emperor. Palpatine occupies a singular role. Oh, for Kessel's sake. But it's not like you hear about Bob the Stormtrooper, is it? What on Coruscant are you talking about? Well, Bob is a Stormtrooper, not the Stormtrooper. Who's Bob? Oh, he's just a hypothetical. I cannot believe we're discussing hypothetical Stormtroopers in a debate about the vermicillitude of Jabba the Hutt's chosen name. After 237 sketches, beggars can't be choosers. At least they haven't resorted to clowns again in a transparently desperate attempt to end the skit. How are we going to end the skit? Really? Again? Malak 
like the Maleficent here. If, like me, you're enjoying this podcast, please consider subscribing on Patreon for exclusive bonus content every week and the warm, fuzzy feeling of knowing you are helping to keep the show going. Subscribe at patreon.com slash morris. There, I said it. Can you stop staring at me like that now? The things I do. All right, all right. Don't forget patreon.com slash morris. Can I go now? So, this week, I thought we could talk about role-playing, because of the show. No, but specifically, (laughs) RP, like, conversations and characters happening between players versus happening between GMs, how different teams manage that, and also within the context of the, the, the platform you run your games. So because if you yeah. sit around a table and play versus playing online, mm. or also if you have a mixed table, which is something I have at the moment, where mm. we meet in, around the table in person, but one person's away. So they are, well, two people actually, mm. are like video conferencing in, uh, which yeah. again... So what do you do? Do you, do you just like pop up a lap, uh, an iPad or yeah. something? Or how does that work? Yeah, exactly mm. that. So we have a, a mic, a good quality mic that goes in the middle of the table, um, yeah. And then we have a speaker on the side and then a laptop with the visuals of them. Does that work well? It's, yeah. I mean, they can be present and do that. It's not yeah. as good. It's like the worst of both worlds, mm. really, mm. of being in person versus yeah. um, being online. But mm. it was a decision we made because it's like, well, we'd really like this player to still be involved in the story and we accept yeah. the yeah. shortcomings of that situation so that our friend can still play games with us. Yeah, sure. There's one person they're away studying at university, so they can't really pop back, and another person is having a baby soon, and so they need to be at home to, yeah, you know, keep a human being alive. Yeah, like (laughs) which is, and we're like, can't argue with that. Good reasons. (laughs) So, but yeah, I I mean, how how this works, this whole players and GM talking to each other, that has actually evolved uh, because originally it used to be very. I mean. I think it's very strange. Other people think, well, of course, I, I miss those days. But, uh, like, Russ, did you ever play a game with a caller? No. What's that? Really? I am aware, I'm aware of it. Yeah. Uh, no. What's, yeah. What's, I am not aware of this. Discuss. Well, uh, I mean, I myself have not played on it. But I knew someone who had, because they were, like, telling me about it, because it was such a strange experience for them. Um, essentially, like, as I understand it, and this could be incorrect, you've got... Um, like American football teams, they have plays that they like to call, which is basically they say, we're going to do a thing and these things will happen. Yeah? Okay, yeah. Which is the whole 44, 45 h- h- so hike pre- sort of pre- jazz. Pre-agreed strategy that yeah, yeah. you've said and you're given a code name or number two. Got it. Yeah, I'm yeah. on board. Um, but, but essentially what, what would happen, again, as I understand it, and I'm sure there will be veterans of the industry saying, no, you're fool, is the players would talk about what they intended to do and then they would tell it to one person called the caller, who would then relay the contents of the discussions to the uh, the dungeon master. Yeah, 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 kind of, yeah, yeah. And then they would proceed from there. And I'm like, this seems unnecessarily complicated. So, so I, I I struggle to understand why they would do such a thing. Was the reason? Because the only reason I can think of this is the GM like talk amongst yourselves what you're going to do. And when you've got a consensus, can one person just tell me what the plan is? Is that That's the kind idea? Of how it works. Hmm. I mean, bear in mind this is very early on, and this is going back to the game's wargaming roots. So there yeah. wasn't an awful lot of real role playing, I imagine, mm. involved in that Ooh. process. Yeah. 
Well, um, so basically, you've got one person who is designated to interact with the GM. Okay. Mm. So when you say real role playing, I think I guess you mean like narrative role playing, like being. A I mean, as in, in between yeah. each, in, in yeah. between the players, sort of thing. Yeah. I mean, mm. or, or back and forth between the GM and one player with mm. an NPC talking to a character, that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, uh, like, like, like I say, it's, it's something that not a lot of people, I think, maybe have heard about. If because I don't know when it stopped, but it wasn't. It wasn't something I'd ever heard of until somebody mentioned it. And I, I looked into yeah. it and found out, wow, that used to be a thing. Amazing. I've never seen it in real life. I've, mm-hmm. I've heard of it, but I I've never seen never it. I've never seen or, or heard of this. It. And yeah. as you can see from my Same face, thing. I... I'm confused. It's not. I don't think it would suit my roleplay style. No, no. No. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, in any way. Mm. But yeah, and I, and I do get like players do want to... Well, getting into players RPing with the, with the GM... I do, mm. I do think it's really good fun when um, the GM has uh, an NPC, and obviously yeah. you can role play directly with them with that character, Ooh. especially when it's a reoccurring one, because then they appear and you're like, this this person again, this guy, this guy, yeah. this, this lady, yeah. this <laughs> this folk, uh, whatever, um, yeah. which is always good fun. So I do, I do really kind of enjoy that kind of one on one kind of interaction. And I guess do, do GMs like it, or are you just like, oh god, I got to work now? No, oh, man, I've never had it done in a game that I played so I couldn't tell you but um, mm. I don't think I would like it personally particularly but I don't know you've RP'd in character with us though a lot in the yeah. Dragonlance games like oh no I thought you meant the caller sorry oh no oh, no the caller no oh, no, no I've moved oh, no, on no, no, from no. that the, no, I no, think, no sorry 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 sorry. talking about the caller I'm guessing you were yeah. kind of not in favour of that yeah yeah sorry yeah, I, yeah. Um, so what was the question again then <laughs> let's pretend I was listening <laughs> 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 This is an official tabletop RPG talk. (laughs) Total professionalism at all times. (laughs) I'm talking about when the 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 games master, the narrator, the dungeon master, whatever you want to call them, Mm. is role playing with the player characters as an NPC and Mm. reoccurring NPCs. And I really enjoy that as a player. Mm. Um, But I'm wondering, as uh, games masters, if that's something you enjoy doing as well. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I like having Jabba a hut pop up from time to time and yeah. uh, <laughs> and play, play a recurring NPC. I mean, it depends on the NPC, obviously. I mean, some yeah. some NPCs are just like exposition dump NPCs and they're not so much fun to play, but mm. it does depend on the NPC. Mm-hmm. But generally speaking, yeah. Although there's a danger of you don't want to become too attached to them and they become sort of DMPCs, which is yeah. the last thing you want, oh. and they start hogging the spotlight. Well, I don't know. I think the NPCs get a bad rep because some are used to hold the spotlight, but I think they can be like quite fun to have in a group. But yeah, but they've got to, they've always got to take be second string to the players. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So you're um, saying that... you don't want Gandalf to appear? Exactly. Yeah. Oh, Gandalf can appear, but he's got to be in the background and not really do do much. He, he, he can show up for five minutes and say, "Look, look, there's a fire somewhere else." Can you please deal with this? It will really help me out. Like, you know, we were saying at the very start of the podcast about giving high-level parties a challenge. Perhaps a high-level party comes along and gives you some challenges at the start of your campaign. And then how do you get to the higher levels? Uh, guest appearance by Beastman. Excellent stuff. How do you get to higher levels? Then you can be the ones giving like um, some up-and-coming wannabes some jobs to solve because you are too busy to do it yourselves. That can be fun. Yeah, um, yeah. that that be, have a pleasing symmetry to a campaign. 
It would require a lot of planning, but I reckon... Nice callback so, earlier. So, so here's a question. I know Jess has mentioned it happens quite a lot in games that she plays. Mm-hmm. I don't know about I don't know about you, Peter, but mm. players interacting with each other without the involvement of the GM, how much of that takes place in your games? Me? Loads. Mm. Either of you. Yeah. <laughs> Me? Oh, loads. Well, I thought, you were, I thought you were speaking directly to Jess. So, uh, start the conversation. Could you tell from the way I was looking directly at... The camera... Under the camera. You, I wasn't. You, you, yeah. you, did say, you did say Jess, so that's what confused me. Oh, yeah, okay. So. Oh, so, uh, okay. Yeah, yes. I do that a lot. I really enjoy that. Uh, so, a lot of the times, I really enjoy games where the game master kind of drops something in and you react to it, and you're kind of reacting as a table and just like discussing it or talking about it. Like having, and sometimes there are some conversations will say, do you want to role play this conversation in character or do, do we just agree this is what we agreed? And sometimes there were situations mm. where you're like, yeah, we just agreed that we were going to go here and do this. And it's like, cool, fine, we did that. But other times you're like, I think it's going to be worthwhile for the characters to have this discussion or to sit and plan this or to or to discuss the, the aftermath of a big thing that's happened. Like we're mm. sitting around the campfire at the end of the day Let's just have a little campfire episode where we're all just sitting chatting about, you know, whatever's happened. And that kind Mm. of doesn't need a lot of Game Master involvement necessarily. Mm -hmm. So sometimes I think it's a nice break for Game Master as well to sit back and just just relax for a moment. Yeah, yeah. it happening. Like I, with the game I ran of um, Ten Candles is very, very narrative and like that. So Mm. my role was to just facilitate that situation happening a lot of the time. Uh, like and if, if something happened that was a conflict get them to roll sure but a lot of it was just sitting back and and watching and enjoying it which i did really enjoy and you can do that as a whole group and that works really well you can do that online you can do that around a table you can do that with a mixed table but one of the um little rp moments that you miss when you're playing online or sometimes on a mixed uh table as in some online mm-hmm. some digitally is you don't get those little moments where just the person next to you you have a silly little role play moment well, there's like a main thing happening over there, like with mm-hmm. the other the players and the GMs talking to them about that. And maybe just you have a little side conversation in character with the person next to you about something of no consequence to the games. There's no need to make any roles and, you know, there's no need for the GM to get involved. But you just have a nice little yeah, character Yeah, and also you can't do that online because you can't talk to just a single person. Yeah, you right, can't talk all. over each other in that. So that's one thing I really love about sitting on a table and i'd love to figure out a way because we also on a mixed table we can't do that because there's a microphone in the middle of the table and the person listening if there's two conversations going on it's the same Mm. problem as being online you can make use of a use of a chat yeah i mean separate chat maybe or something like that it's not quite the same i guess but you could do that yeah online i I, I very much enjoy that sort of like side conversation i Mm -hmm. was in a skype game like probably over a decade ago now it was death watch and there were a couple of people that were very into talking like a space marine and then there yeah. was myself playing a dark angel and well my friends playing a space wolf and we uh amiably bickered with each other because we we were like not getting along there'd be like all this exactly. conversation occasionally we'd actually speak to the thing but like in the meantime there's like all this role play by text going on inside mm. and I, I like to throw that in and like you know little comments sounds yeah. of encouragement all the stuff that i cannot mm. verbalize mm-hmm. in a chat uh, yeah. Sorry, in, a, in, a, in the spoken thing, because there's only one text channel, and shouts of, hey, and go on. Uh, like, because I like to shout encouragement to players when, I, when I'm when i a player. I mm-hmm. like to encourage them to say, hey, come on, and celebrate their successes, because that's part of the emotional experience you, of yeah. role-playing for You me. also like to do that at the beginning of the podcast for me as well, so that makes sense. Yeah. Each, each Friday, <laughs> I'm like, I'm going to get hyped up. It's going to be great. Absolutely, yeah. Oh, I, I mean, if, if, if I'm in the game, it's like that, but like, I mean, 
if I if I'm playing the bars in a game, I, wow. I can't complete that. So that. Yeah, but those side conversations mm. I really like. So I'd love to, yeah. and like you say, you can capture the spirit of that via yeah. text and by the feed. Like um, my my group plays on Discord, and when people are doing a fun thing that's not involving me, I will sometimes put reaction gifs or emojis or something in. Mm, to yeah. to express to everyone else how I'm feeling about what's going on, even though I'm not directly involved. So that's kind of has that spirit of it, but it's not quite kind of the the same sort of thing. No. And extending this further, you get that in in LARPs as well, um, which is mm-hmm. take us slightly away from role playing, but that is you know being purely in live character. action role playing is still role playing. I'm just go for it out there. <laughs> uh, there well, oh, that could be controversial. Yeah. I bet some people disagree. But with LARPs, because you're moving physically around in a space, yeah. you might be in different mm. areas of the room. So one thing I really like about that is after the game's done, there's so much that you missed because you were doing your little plot line with this and other things Mm. happens. And everyone kind of does a debrief and like what kind of happened. And you're like, I Mm. had no idea this thing was happening over there. So you get to, because you're all part of this bigger interwoven story and um, you just catch little glimpses of it. So I think like LARP is the extreme end of how much Mm. you can have side conversations, different stuff going on without every game being involved. And online role-playing games are like the other far end of where you kind of have to wait your turn and it happens sequentially one at a time. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like, um, I understand completely where you're coming from because I have been in the game. Uh, I won't name names and say who it was and stuff, but essentially we were all basically just sat there at the virtual tabletop and it was very much a speak when spoken to. It's like, you know, nobody really wanted to. Oh, that to... sounds fun. Well, Jessica, for me, it was the opposite <laughs> of fun. I did not, I did not have a good time in that game. Like it started off all right, but I think when we got to a certain number of players, it just was like, that's how the GM wanted to do it. Whereas, um, like, sort of very much like a central hub with spokes leading out, whereas I prefer to, like, have connections sideways, lateral connections between the players. Mm-hmm. Uh, one, one of the ways I get people to immerse, one of the ways I get people to buy into a game is before we start off, I get them to say how they know one other person, and then you sort of form a ring. Yeah. Oh, so everyone's got at least two mates, mm-hmm. which is a good way to start because that really helps avoid things like total party kills, which come from lack of player communication. Mm-hmm. When people are staring at their character sheets rather than plotting amongst themselves, that is that is not that is not good. You don't want that if things are going sideways. You need people to be working together as a team. And building up that team spirit is part of why I quite like playing stupid NPCs. Also because it lets me use my, my most irritating voices. Like, I had an NPC called Beans and he spoke like this. Is that, they weren't very bright. Is that, and, is that yeah. not the Cookie Monster voice that's the worst voice? Oh, no, this is Cookie, cookie Monster, Monster voice. voice. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, Jessica. Cookie Monster voice <laughs> offended me to my very close. That's his favourite voice you've ever done. It was the audience requested <laughs> I couldn't deny that. <laughs> But yeah, so I, th- I just think, I, yeah, so it's interesting the different ways the different kind of mm. table setup and dynamics kind of yeah. affect that. Because I think mm-hmm. in my online games, we kind of have to do this. It's sometimes, it, I guess it doesn't feel awkward anymore, but I kind of request mm. a role play. Like before we move mm. on, I'll be like, before we move on, I'd like my character to have had a discussion in character. Mm. I'd like to role play. Is that okay? And then like, yeah. and, that, and then everyone else just going to have to sit there and watch us having our conversation. Yeah. Which is fun. And I always like to let them know it's over by saying end of social interaction as well. So that's a, yeah. a good, clear way. Yeah. That, that, that's also, interesting. <laughs> there's, also, there's also, of course, there's room for different things in one game. Mm-hmm. It's not, you know, so you, you can mix and match styles and things like that. Yeah. So yeah. just going back to like our Dragon Lords games on Tuesday. Mm-hmm. Mm. 
So this Tuesday just gone was very much action all the way through, yeah. wasn't it? There wasn't really much pausing for role playing at all. There was spots, yeah, but really, moments, it was, yeah, yeah, it was mainly action yeah. all the way through. Whereas this one, the next one coming up, I intend to be very much, pretty much role playing mm-hmm. heavy all the way through, with very little by way of plot and action, just to sort of counterbalance that, and just mm-hmm. as a sort of little maybe like a, you know, like a bottle episode on a TV show, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's maybe a little bit like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just sort of like an awful lot of talk, an awful lot of character development, and it's the penultimate episode before the final one. Mm-hmm. And then the final one can be more plotty again right at the end. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, like... Um, which I think would be fun. I came across the concept of interludes in Savage mm-hmm. World, which uh, obviously I then stole, filed serial numbers off and use whenever I have the opportunity. Mm-hmm. And that's essentially, it's um, sort of a prompted role-playing thing. Normally, yeah. I like to use it for things if I'm using D&D, like a short or a long rest. Sort of like a campfire scene where people are like just chatting around because yeah. um, my experience of LARP has been that is an excellent place to role play. You're passing a bottle. Well, you can't obviously pass a bottle around a virtual table, but um, mm. you can do that and um, just like have a bit of chit chat. And what I like to do is like to give a prompt like, you know, can you say something about like where you're coming from or... Something like a like what what what's the secret about your character that you feel like sharing with someone? Uh, there's all sorts of things like um, a time when you were betrayed in the past is how the Savage Worlds does it. It's online. Mm. You can look that sort of thing up. That's really interesting. And, and then and then like you know I have the option of a meta currency with which to reward people. Mm-hmm. I mean the role players don't really need a reward, but I like to see it get them anyway, and it encourages people who are shyer or maybe a bit more reserved about role yeah. playing. To get involved, and it's like you know, it's, it's just it's a very natural way to help people who aren't used to role playing mm-hmm. to start role playing. Like if you're if you're if you're generally more comfortable saying my character does this or that, that's fine. But like when you're having a conversation with other people, it's less judged. It's more amongst your peers, mm-hmm. which is again something I picked up from um, teaching English as a foreign language. See, I'm not I'm not one hundred percent sure how I feel. About- about that because generally speaking mm. when I've been in, and it has happened quite a lot mm. in various games so it's a common it's, it's a common thing mm. yeah. but when people do use metagame currency mm. to try and encourage people to do things that perhaps they're not comfortable doing mm. I, I I personally don't feel comfortable with that yeah. when it's when it's me on the receiving end it's mm. like okay keep keep the metagame currency then because if I'm not comfortable doing it I'm no. not going to be paid to do it does that make sense? Yeah. well that, that's why it's an opt-in yeah. Um, uh, and again, it's like, this is, when I say things that they're not comfortable doing, it's like encouraging people to use their voice to speak as the character, to identify yeah. and immerse themselves more. And if you don't want to do that, that's fine. Yeah. I think if, it's... If you, if you describe what you talk about, you know, that can also be fine. But it's mm. like the contribution which helps be the build, build up the sort of the party cohesion and mm. sort of like, so it's more of like an emotional investment in conversations and it's not just like the wizard but it's like uh fendrofraxus or whatever is is actually a wizard as opposed to the wizard or the elf it's like giving people names because you use a name to address someone mm-hmm. i wouldn't just say hey ranger how do you feel about this i'd say or talk about the ranger should do this i mm-hmm. you know it, it like helps build this up and for me that is the emotional experience i'm trying to put, evoke which is i want people to feel like they're part of a team uh that they're like working together and trying to achieve something and that sort of can then build with the tactical nature of the games I tend to run, because I enjoy those, and also the investigative nature of the games I run. 
I'm, I'm looking to try mm-hmm. and move away from like there being a potential quarterback telling people what to do and organizing sure. things, yeah. but build up a group consensus. And without a group, mm-hmm. you don't have you can't build a group consensus. Mm-hmm. So there's a question. You mentioned you just mentioned that um, feature. Yeah. So when the GM is addressing players, talking yeah. directly to the player, yeah. is your preference for the GM to use the player's name or the character's name? Oh, character's name. What is the character's name? Yeah, car- character's I mean, name. I, I mix and match it, but not deliberately. I, I was just thinking, yeah. what do I do? And I'm thinking, I do mix and match it, but it's not a choice. It's just slips more than anything else. But I think I would yeah. generally prefer to use the character's name, but I know I don't always. Ca- character's name, mm. character's pronouns every time. Because uh, one, mixing and matching is horrendous. Oh, my GM in my Delta Green game. Poor lad. I mean, it's the first time he's running it, but... <laughs> Everyone's got a code name, right? Mm. And they've got their character name. They've got the real name. Yeah. It gets better, right? Oh, no. One of the people's real names is Nick. Yeah. One of the characters' names is Nick. But, but a different character. One of the players' names is Nick. One of the characters' names is Nick. But Nick's not playing Nick. Someone else Nick is playing. not playing Nick. Right. I was about to say, if Nick <laughs> was playing Nick, that might be useful, actually. Yeah. That, yeah. I, I mean, Will Smith has made like a career out of that sort of thing. Yeah. And fair play to him. Um, but we've got like so we've got player names, character names, and character code names. Yeah. And whilst I am here all day for that level of obfuscation and sort of like the interesting interplay you can do with that. <laughs> yeah. I am very much as a GM like no, I am going to pick a thing to call you, and often because I'm awful that way, I say look. I don't care really what you call yourselves, more or less, try and choose something appropriate, but you're not allowed to have the same um, starting letter for your character names. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, and that comes, I, I got a lot more relaxed about that when we're doing stuff online, but I used to use things like poker chips and put yeah. like letters on. Yeah. So if more than one person has the same letter, it's like, well, that's a problem. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, character names and character pronouns. That's just imagine how Top Gun the RPG would work there with their call signs and their hmm. actual names and then their player names. And that. Yeah, that would just be confusing as hell. I, I, I think I think there's like a real opportunity there to really lean into that. Like mm. I would, um, I think it's like how they refer to each other yeah. is mm. the key key question, and I would probably go for like the call signs first off because as as I recall, and it's been a long time since I've watched this film. They like call each other by their call signs because it's sort of like they, a mi- they, mi- they mix and match depending yeah. on how they know each other and stuff. And sort of... yeah. But 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 when you are in a more formal setting where they won't use the call signs, like if they're being say dressed down by a superior officer, you yeah. could use like Lieutenant or Captain. What's what's your face? And that would also be a thing. And then if they're yeah. talking to their family, their family would use a different name. I yeah. think that power of names is super strong. That's true. Mm. I think I switch between both, but I mm. have a very clear separation between player and character for myself and I try and give other people that as well so I might be like hmm. Peter what is Jim doing if you're role playing someone called Jim for example oh yeah, yeah. so I do something like that um, so that's yeah. so I kind of do use both but I yeah as a clear separation I suppose yeah in a sense yeah, yeah. you ask a player for a dice roll you don't ask a that's what character I mean. for a dice roll but you talk to a character not a player does that make sense yes if I'm talking yeah, yeah, yeah if I'm talking if I'm playing an NPC or talking about or to that character I'll use the character name but if I'm asking mm. the player to do something, like roll a dice or mm. just to get their... Sometimes to get their attention, if somebody's been quiet for a while, I'll go like, Peter, what is Jim doing at this moment? So just mm. to pause it, just to bring you know someone in and things. Because 
Yeah. People don't react to their sec- their character names as well. Inquiring and I just want to know now, what is Jim doing at this yeah, moment? Yeah, Peter, what is Jim doing? And uh, we've asked twice, Peter, and you still haven't told us. Well, I haven't had a chance to object, <laughs> quite frankly. I'm sorry, let's um, give you space. No, 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 no worries. Uh, I, I think they're probably taking this opportunity to size up the room, to um, uh-huh. look out for any suspicious characters. Always got an eye out for redheads and people with suspicious beards. Okay, that's great. Uh, so if you take a perception yeah. roll for me. All right. <laughs> <laughs> for example, but is Peter making any perception roll, or, or, is, or is Jim? Peter will be rolling the dice Jim, to see Jim. how what Jim I told sees. What Jim is doing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah. 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 Um, so yeah, uh, yeah. I think that's a that's a very valid way to. I mean, it's like so long as it works, right? Yeah. You're probably doing it right, mm-hmm. but those are the advantages of using a consistent character name. Because it helps people get into character, which, mm. as I say, for me, that is one of my primary objectives. I want people to be in character, mm-hmm. thinking, yeah. talking, using other people's character names. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like when 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 they're when they're using character names by default rather than saying the cleric or the ranger. I'm like, yeah, yeah. oh yeah, nah, we're in the right spot here. This is good. This is good. Um, yeah. uh, otherwise, it's like, oh, well, X is doing the X should do this. It's like, well, that's very mechanical, and it's not really well yeah. things to be. The only exception yeah. to that would be if somebody had like a Legolas Gimli dynamic, and they were like the dwarf or the elf, and it was because of mm. a character reason mm. that they referred to each other in that way. Yeah. Um, oh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, mild, mild in character racism. I'm like, yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, it would be cultural yeah. prejudice at this point, wouldn't it be? Like, if you were doing it in yeah. Like mild in character racism. <laughs> like, it's not out of character racism. Well, it's you, like, you it's hope. It's like... That, uh, uh, I, there are some yeah, players the, the that dwarf, really hate how, how would you describe elf and dwarf in, like, that sort of traditional... No, it's, 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 yeah, of course, yeah. it's in character racism, yeah. 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 That's exactly what that is. I, yeah. I, I, I don't know how else to say it. Yeah. 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 Oh, we uh, have, we covered, have we covered this topic? Is there any anything else we want to add? Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I say, we're, not, we're not trying to tell you how to roleplay, but... These are the things, from my experience, which can help if this is the sort of things you want to encourage in people. Um, and I always find the more players are immersed in the game, generally, the more fun they're having. Yeah. But, you know, that's my experience. Perhaps yours is different. Um, if you change your mind, write to morris.podcast at gmail.com <laughs> and uh, let him know about it in no uncertain terms. But yeah, but like I, <laughs> but like we said, it's also worth thinking about the medium you're currently playing in, whether it's online mm. at a table or a combination of both, and how that will impact the role playing and how you can kind of oh. manage that as a table. Absolutely, so that was yeah. yeah. Mm. I think that's all for this week. Right, and on that note, on that note, now we've solved this particular problem, <laughs> and nobody ever needs to talk about role playing in role playing games ever again because we've covered it completely yeah. and adequately and comprehensively yes. and there is nothing more to Obviously. be said on that topic by anyone ever yeah. we should probably leave for today yeah. until next week then yes and we three shall meet again in front of lightning or in yes alright see you next week bye 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 Apparently, I now have to read this to you. This is the official podcast of Morris's unofficial tabletop RPG news, which you can find at enworld.org. You can find show notes at morris.podbean.com or wherever you found the podcast. If you feel like they deserve it, you can support the show on Patreon. In return, you will receive exclusive bonus content.
Just go to patreon.com slash morris. If you're interested in his babbling nonsense, you can follow at Morris on the Twitter. Send your emails to morrispodcast at gmail.com. Not all of your emails, just the ones you want us to see. Mm, That's it. I'm bored now. You can go away. Shoo, off you go. Goodbye. Get out of here. So it's yeah. it's still coming along, but it will be on there. Um, yeah. Hudson, can having a nice he- time? He- you can hear that, can I you? Absolutely okay. can allow, me, allow, me, allow me to let him in. Hang okay. on a second. Okay. So. <laughs> I did ask you, Hudson, which side of the door you wanted to be on, and you chose that side, and now you're throwing yourself at the door because you're on my side of it. <laughs> what, have, oh, what, has he, what have you got, Hudson? Hang on a second, he's got something, I don't know what it is. <laughs> what is that? I always like that sort of classical picture that they have of Hercules res- uh, wrestling with those lions. And it's like dog owners when their dog is eating something. Yeah, like, what are you yes. eating? <laughs> he's found a bone. I didn't even know there was a bone, but he's found a bone. Oh, okay. Disconcerting.